Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. Today we are coming to you with a live studio audience at the Music Makers Boot Camp. This is the first event that Full Circle Academy has done live, and to say it was a success was an understatement. Out of all the attendees that showed up, they ranked this event a 9.3 out of 10. In fact, some even said it was life-changing. And what you're going to hear today is a panel that we had at the event. This is a panel we're calling Breaking into the Music Biz. It features Brad O'Donnell, who is A&R at Capitol Records, Jason Turner, who is the celebrity and rock star attorney for artists like One Republic, Pharrell, Backstreet Boys, and many more. We have Chad Zagura, who is a music publisher who you've previously heard on the show, 20-year music industry veteran. And we also have Benji Cowart, who some of you have heard from. He's a phenomenal hit songwriter, lives right here in Nashville, and he shares some pretty astonishing insights as well. So you're not going to want to miss this one. Pull out your notepad, take notes. But before we dive into the interview, I just wanted to share a quick message with you about the Music Production Mastery Course. Hi, I'm looking for the next big music producers I can add to our Grammy-winning team. And I've created a course to help you 10x your music productions instantly. Music Production Mastery. I show you how we do things like programming, drum, bass, and guitar production, getting pro vocals, editing, post-production, mixing, Logic Pro, and Pro Tools. Who can I help? One, music makers who are driven and passionate. Two, beginners and experts. You don't need tons of experience, but you at least have to be teachable. Three, you must be making great music or at least aspiring to. That's all. So why would I be giving away my secrets? Well, first, I love to teach. Secondly, I am actively looking for talent. Take a moment to enroll in the course and you'll be on your way to better sounding music productions right away. For information on the Music Production Mastery course, text PRODUCE, P-R-O-D-U-C-E, to 44222. Text PRODUCE to the numbers 44222. And let's jump to the panel live at the Music Makers Boot Camp. I'm Seth Mosley. This is a Full Circle Music Show. We are recording with a live studio audience. And let's thank our amazing guests for being with us this week. Before we dive in too deep, I just wanted to go down the line and I wanted to ask, first of all, maybe just a quick brief introduction. Who are you? What do you do? How did you get to where you are? Kind of short story, short answer so the crowd can get some background info on you. So we'll start with Brad O'Donnell. Thank you, Seth. My name is Brad O'Donnell. I work at a Capital Christian Music Group here in Nashville. I'm the head of the A&R department there. I've been there for 15 years as of this summer. And so I got my start as a bass player in Omaha, Nebraska. That was my dream was that somebody would pay me to play bass for a living. And that worked pretty well for a while. And then I saw the limitations of that for a wife and kids moving forward. But I was a songwriter for a while. I was a record producer for a while. And my wife was an artist and all of that kind of led me into a and It wasn't something I planned or really was looking for, but I had an opportunity to do it a while ago. And 
I love it. It really is what it sounds like, artists and repertoire. I hang out with artists all day. We talk about repertoire all day. There's just a little more to it than that, but it's a fantastic job. My name is Benji Cowart, and I am a full-time songwriter, and I teach part-time at a college, but mostly when I teach, I just tell them what other people say about songwriting. I am from, born and raised in Nashville, and then spent 15 years all over the country on staff as a worship leader at a church, and it is awesome to be sitting next to Chad because literally my first introduction back into Nashville, for five years I sent songs to Chad that were not good songs, and uh, finally there were some songs came available, and so he actually opened that door for me, and I signed with Word through Chab, and then uh, I guess a couple years later, we actually moved back here to town. Some of that having to do with my whole family's here, but we're back here now, and that's what I do full-time, and so love getting to be here. My name is Chad Segura, and I'm a music publisher. I head up the publishing company for Centricity Music, and I've been there a little over a year. I've been doing this music business thing for a little over 20. Moved here from good old Salem, Oregon, the little-known capital, and moved here to go to school and got sucked into the vortex that is Nashville and the music industry. So I do it. I get to work with amazing people like all of these guys, actually. All of them are friends and colleagues, so you've kind of gotten a sense of just kind of this craziness, and uh, I will now pass it to the attorney, which is kind of the king of crazy, right? Isn't that? Did you say king of crazy? Yeah. I just wanted to note that the crash of thunder went off when the label guy talked, not when the lawyer talked. So, I'm Jason Turner. I am a lawyer. I hopefully am not a crazy one, as Chad. Sorry, no, you manage the crazy. Oh, that, yes. Yeah, th there you go. I try. But I started here in Nashville actually 19 years ago when I was 10. I'm kidding. But I have been here for 19 years. I was a studio and live musician, worked for a record label doing radio promotions, and then realized that I would love the ability to be my own boss and have a little more control in my life. So I love what I do. I get to work with creative people all day long, help them build their careers, but also still be involved on the creative side, which I absolutely love. So happy to be here. and with these fine gentlemen as well. Very cool. And just to give our audience a little bit of background on maybe some of the artists, because I think a lot of people coming in don't necessarily realize you know, what all the behind the scenes stuff goes into and coupled with the fact that you guys are just super humble in introducing yourselves. Why don't you just share maybe career highlights, artists that you've been maybe proudest to work with, proudest moments? just so we have a little more background information. And it's not bragging, it's just truth. I got to write some songs with Big Daddy Weave. One of those was Redeemed, and was another one called The Only Name. And then since then, I've just gotten to write a lot of different things with just amazing people. Probably a lot of them, like they're on records, but if they're a lot of times if they don't make it to radio, I realize that some of you may or may not have heard them, but those would be two that you would probably know if you listen to Christian radio. Gosh, uh, I probably have to start with a guy you may or may not have heard, um, killer writer and producer, um, Mosley, Seth Mosley. Um, no, doesn't ring a bell? Never heard of him. I'll be honest, it's really hard for me to pinpoint. There's maybe two things I could point to if I really have to. One is just in general. I think for me, and I would suspect... Chad, and not to leave you out, Benji, but probably Brad, too. 
for me, I think one of the most, if not the most rewarding things that I get to be involved in is actually being in with an artist, songwriter, whatever the person is at the beginning and actually seeing them build their career. And it sounds cheesy to say this, but truly achieving their dreams. You know, I've got clients who I've joined midway through their career in what I'll nicely say their sunset years. And all of that's great, but really being involved on day one and seeing things build, it's just the coolest thing for me to see. And it really gives me some ownership as well in their careers to know that I was able to help them achieve their goals. The other thing that I would probably point to is a song that I suspect most, if not all of you know in here, I'll Fly Away. I've just wrapped up an eight-year lawsuit on that copyright over the ownership of that. And uh, that went through two federal trials, two appeals, and after eight very long years and more than half of my current legal career, I'm happy to say that we were very successful all along the way in that. So that's been really cool just from the standpoint of the history of the song and the family that's involved. And again, from the creative side and the legal side, just knowing how the copyright law works and the good and bad of it, because frankly, our legislators are not exactly the most brilliant people when it comes to writing legal stuff about copyrights. So learning how to navigate those waters has been interesting. You know, when we hang around this long enough, you get to work with a phenomenal amount of people. I mean, back in the days when I worked with Brad, you know, got to work with people like Chris Tomlin and Switchfoot and amazing acts like that. I had time at Word working with Freaking and Country and Francesca Battistelli and, and uh, Big Daddy Weave and Benji Cowart. And now I get to work with uh, Lauren Daigle and Jordan Feliz and you just a lot of amazing people. And then this guy over here that uh, who I love and who we all love because we're all sitting here because of him. So, yeah, just it's an amazing thing. It's amazing that we get to do this. Yeah, I, I echo what Chad said. Some of it is just if you're fortunate enough to work in the business for a long time, you get to work with a lot of great people. And so it's a kind of a long and embarrassingly rich list of artists that I've had the chance to work with, you know, Chris Tomlin and Toby Mack and Need to Breathe, Britt Nicole, you know, but every day is different. That's what I love about it is today it was Matt Redman and Matthew West who are both desperately trying to finish up Christmas records before the end of the weekend. So yeah. it's different every day, but it's just the artists, I think we'd all probably say is that's really rewarding part of the process. Yeah. So my next question is kind of on the idea of mentorship. Did you guys have a mentor when you first moved to town? I know I've had kind of some conversations with each one of you on separate times where there might have been one person that either gave you your first shot or took time out of their schedule to like sew into you. Can you pinpoint any one or two people? I think that would be really helpful for us to hear because we talk a lot about the idea of mentorship. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely, Chad, there's no telling how many of my songs you listen to. Um, but he really did, and it was always, I could tell when he gave me feedback that he was actually listening to the songs, and he was just saying, you know, in the midst of a lot of times it was, hey, we really can't do anything with this, but there's something to this, you need to chase this part of the song. Uh, all of you know I said this earlier, but like, there comes a point with writing where you don't get better till you play up, it's just like sports, and so... Chad helped like champion you getting into the room with some better writers 
knowing that sometimes those writers may not get anything out of it, but they're willing to do it. And so for me, Chad was definitely a huge part of just facilitating something he saw and then me being right at the edge of stalking, but being persistent. <laughs> There's a fine line and I walked it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple of people come to mind, you know, I mean, my experience has been if you're a learner and you're just curious and you find older, smarter, wiser, more experienced people than you and you seek them out, you're always learning. The mentorship part was every once in a while you get lucky for some reason that they, they give you more time. You feel an open door. They say, hey, we can do this anytime you want. Or if you want to get breakfast once a month, I'd love to do it. So there are three or four people that come to mind for me. There's tons of people that I learned from, but there are a handful of people that I would say were really critical in helping me learn what I do just because they were willing to give me time more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that exact same thing. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where a lot of times you almost just kind of fall into them and you all of a sudden realize, oh, you know, I had a guy... Rick Kua, who is a phenomenal human being, and I got to work really close to him for multiple years, and he shaped me probably as much as a man as anything. You know, yeah, the music part was all key, but it was way more about just trying to be a godly man in business and honor people and love people well. And so he would be, you know, a huge one for me. There are various people along the way, though. And to Brad's point, too, it continues. It's that thing where you still kind of press in with people that are peers and then also, you know, those that have gone before you and just figuring out who are those people that are doing, yeah. doing it right. That's good. I kind of wanted to ask a question related to the title of this whole panel, how to break into the music biz. What is the importance to you of living in a city like Nashville or L.A. or New York or wherever the music hotbeds are? Is it important to live there? Do you have to live there to make a living at it and to break in? From my perspective, I'm a big believer in you need to be where the action is. It's not to say that you can't do it, but... You know, let's be honest, I think everybody in here knows enough about this business to know that any wall that you can break down or any hurdle that you can kick over ahead of time is probably going to be a good thing. Just tying into the last question, I mean, this business is about community. It's about networking and having a circle of peers and friends. And that's just really hard to have if you're not here. I really firmly believe that in the songwriting realm. You know, I've had clients before who have not been here. And frankly, it's been really difficult because they've got to incur extra expense to get here. They have to plan ahead versus being spontaneous and, and just getting together with people to write and hang. And, you know, one of the things I hear a lot from my songwriting clients is even if they, quote, schedule a songwriting session, a lot of times they're not even writing songs. They're just hanging out, getting to know each other, finding out what's going on in their lives. And then maybe the next time they get together, that's when something happens. And so that's just really hard to do if you're not here. You know, again, for those who aren't, I don't want to outright discourage you if you're not here. I just think in my own life, professionally and personally, I've believed for a long time, if I'm on step A and my goal is to be at D, and I can skip over B and C by doing something, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go through B and C just for the sake of doing it. I want to get to where I'm going and get on with it. So I think it is important. There's a reason I live here now as a writer. When I decided, you know, for me, it was literally just 
What do I feel like I want to do my waking hours doing? It's really the same reason I went into vocational ministry was not some big call from God as much as it was like, what do I want to spend all my hours doing? And it's the same here. And you really are, especially when you're writing with, uh, with artists, you're at their convenience and rightfully so. And you need to be in relationship with them. I feel like sometimes writers, we can have the perception of we're just there to write a song and we really don't care what they want. We just want to get something on the radio. And so there has to be a, just a trust built where you just go, hey, man, I'm, let's just go hang out. And we write a song, great. And that's understandably, they're very guarded because they've been burned. And so you've got to give them a reason just to go, hey, look, we're just, I'm enjoying the hang. If we get a song, awesome. If we don't, we're still like, it's still good. Yeah, I mean, I might just add that, you know, it's a little bit like any relationship. You can do it long distance for a while, but not forever. And that's what I see is because there's an interesting thing that happens that sometimes it's good to not initially be in Nashville because we can have a little bit of group think here. And so a lot of people whose music I really love, they start somewhere else. But much like Benji's describing, what my observation is they start to hit a ceiling. You know, they're just not around and in community. They can't do those spontaneous things. So much of the music business, I think, happens before and after the co-writer, before yeah. and after the yeah. workday, too. So yeah. I wouldn't discourage anybody and say you can't start from elsewhere, but I would say if you're serious about it, you're probably going to end up in the city where you want to work long term. Yeah, I love that. That's probably the best analogy I've ever heard from it. You can date. How did you say that? That was so good. I can't even Let's rewind remember. the tape and find out. Yeah, rewind the tape. <laughs> rewind the tape and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make a tweet of it later. Last question I want to ask, and then I want to turn it over kind of to our amazing audience to ask you their questions, because I'm sure they have a ton about breaking into the music business. But what have you done to adapt to the changes in the business? It's obviously changed a lot in the last 10 years. It's probably even changed a lot in the past week. So what are you doing and what have you done to adapt and set yourself up for whatever the music business looks like next? Yeah, I mean, I addressed it a little bit earlier. I just kind of at least alluded to it. It's definitely changing daily. And uh, the things that we, you know, we used to like sell CDs. We used to actually care about that. It was like, wow, yeah. Now that's like a bonus. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot we have those too. So it is, it's a weird thing. What Really what you have to do is just diversify. I mean, I think that's been the biggest thing is just not spending all your time on any one thing. But I will say this, and, and hopefully you guys can, you know, will agree. I feel like we've had to raise the bar as just as far as art at the end of the day. And I'm not speaking of the people here, but I just think in general, there was a bit of a laziness that had happened in the music business when it got fat and happy in the late 90s. And you would find lots of things, what we refer to as album cuts, and they didn't, and after a while, it didn't feel like any thought went into it whatsoever. It was like, yeah, great, we've got a recording, put it on the record, because people will buy this disc and they'll get all of them. And so what we've had to do is just create better art, because every song matters at this point in time. We won't make any money. People will only buy the ones, they'll only stream the ones, they'll only, you know, the ones that are amazing, that are great songs. And so for me, that's the thing. It all starts with a song, an amazing song, an amazing artist. And then we just have to figure out, okay, how many ways can we monetize this? And that's exciting. It's as stressful as it, as it can be sometimes. It's exciting. And you never know what works for one artist and one song won't work. Something completely different will work. And so that's the deal is just all of us trying to be as creative and open to, you know, the possibilities. For me in my line of work, I often use the Miss Cleo reference if any of you are old enough to remember her in here. <laughs> Call me now. I 
often feel like I have to be Miss Cleo in what I do. I have to try to look into the future and figure out where are things going. I was just having a conversation this morning. Uh, a friend who's over in Italy had an article on negotiation and emailed it to me. And, and one of the th they actually called out specifically issues in the entertainment industry. And uh, one of the things that was in there is, you know, how to negotiate and that there was an issue or one of the items is, you know, well, this is how things have been done for 20 years, 30 years. And I responded to him. I said, oh, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I could probably pay off all of my student loans that I still have left. But I love that argument from somebody because my response is, OK, well, how has that worked out for where we are today? OK, great. I think it's time to change some things up. And, uh, you know, I've never been afraid to do something differently because clearly the business is quite different today than it was 5, 10, 15, certainly 20 years ago. So it's in as much a welcomed challenge in my area of work, it's also truly a challenge because while we certainly can't predict everything and we can't protect our clients from every possible thing that's out there, I do think that the great ones in my line of work are ones who don't just accept things for how they have been. You have to really think about how will things be and how do we think about that and how do we document that going forward. And I can speak to the fact that he's very thorough. <laughs> sometimes that makes me happy. Sometimes that tires me. I would hope my attorney is very thorough. He's very thorough. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> so I would love to hear from you guys, and our panelists would love to hear from you guys. What questions do you have about breaking into the music business? And if you have any questions, just step right up to that mic and ask them, and we'll get them answered. My first question is about how much of a management role do lawyers play these days? It's a great question. Chad, jokingly, yet there was a whole lot of truth behind his joke that I manage a whole lot of crazy. There's a lot. I often use the analogy that, again, one of the ways that the business has really changed or morphed in recent years is it used to be that everybody had their role. You know, you had a publisher, an agent, business manager, manager, lawyer, record label. If I'm forgetting somebody, sorry. Everybody had their role, and they all stayed in their lane, and that was it. Everybody left each other alone. Now it's very much like any of these chairs that we're sitting on. You know, all of these chairs or stools have legs. What happens if one of the legs breaks off, falls over? You know, every client's different. Some want a whole lot of involvement because they want their team to work together and know what's going on so they can prevent things and help. You know, maybe it's even saving money on touring stuff. But everybody's different. And I always, Seth may be able to attest to this, I always tell my clients, there's only one thing I can guarantee you. And that is, if you keep me in the loop, I'm going to be a lot cheaper on the front end than if you don't keep me in the loop and something goes wrong and I have to come in and fix it. Because it always will cost you a lot more to have me come in and fix things. And that's the only guarantee I can make. But I'm a big believer in the team approach. Because there are things that we as lawyers see from client to client, genre to genre, that 
you know, one client in one genre may not have encountered before, especially if the manager is only in that one lane, they may not have been exposed to it either, to no fault of their own. So I'm a big believer in the team approach because it just, there's so much that goes into it. You can't just rely, no offense to labels, but I think, Brad, you would agree with this. You can't just, and you shouldn't just rely on a label to do the setup at radio, get the ad date, go get airplay. I mean, there's so much more that goes into that these days. You've got, you know, things that you could do going into the market to set things up to where when your radio staff goes and talks to radio, there's actually something to talk about besides just, hey, we have this new artist or, hey, we have a new single and it's great. You know, if there's all of this other stuff to talk about, well, how do you get there? You get there by having your team involved in building that story. Thank you. And the second part of my question is, how much of a role are lawyers playing these days in walking the music into the record labels, given their relationships? Well, record labels hate lawyers, so. <laughs> That's why you notice they're sitting on uh, <laughs> Again, I, will re- I would like to remind everybody exactly when that crack of thunder went off. <laughs> I kid. Again, everybody's different. It is not, from my perspective, and, and again, everybody's different, I don't do a whole lot of that. The reason that I don't do a whole lot of that is primarily time. I just don't have the time that it takes to go shop around a new client for a deal. It's a very time-intensive process, and you know, I'm fortunate enough to have multiple Seths on my client roster that I have to dedicate my day and night and weekend and vacation to keep their businesses going. So sorry, it's all, (laughs) Hey, it's all good. It's a great problem to have brother. You know, I always encourage people to use a manager for that because frankly, that's what managers should be doing. And they're able to talk a whole lot more about what's really going on with that artist. The only time that I tend to do that, and again, it's very rare, is if it's an existing client, you know, maybe their label shut down or they got dropped and they're trying to do a new deal. Or if it's a group and one of the group members wants to do a solo project. That's a little bit different scenario because I'm already in business with those people. But it's such a time-intensive process. And frankly, in certain industries, the dollar amounts of the deals don't justify the time that it takes for a lawyer based on how a lawyer gets paid and what a lawyer typically charges. It just doesn't balance out from a business standpoint. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. So my question is primarily for Brad and Benji. Do you guys find that songwriters in the industry or that are coming into the industry, they just want to write songs for artists but really don't have the business knowledge of the industry itself? And does that hurt them to a large degree? Yeah, I mean, I think, so you're talking about just with writers, of just the understanding of, yeah, but I think also like that's where, it's so funny because I feel like as writers with the artists, a lot of times, I mean, we, we live in the land of rainbow and unicorns and sweet coming up with songs and imagination. And so, but yes, like if I trust my team as far as publishing and all of that, now there's understanding business and then there's just understanding street smarts of keeping relationships alive and, 
you know, the reality is you do want to be in certain networks. There are some times where you just say, if I can't get in that circle, I'll make my own circle. But in the sense of, I really feel like so much of what I do, honestly, is really way more about having relational skills versus like, I went to Belmont as a music business major. So I understand how, for the most part, how publishing breaks down and understand how my percentages break down. But I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that because it's almost detrimental to the other part of my brain that I need to be creating and writing. And so that's where it's just having a team that I trust around me. Does that make sense, that answer that question? But he can probably answer that much better. <laughs> no, I, I think Benji's right. I think it probably depends on the person a little bit and how they're wired. I mean, my sense of it is, is that in general, all creatives, whether they're record producers or songwriters or artists, are more entrepreneurial now and having to be a little bit more business skilled than they were 15, 17 years ago, I think it gets what Jason was talking about. We used to have these very clearly defined lanes. You had a very clear job description, and that's all you had to do. And as the business got more complicated and got more competitive, it was harder to make a living. It kind of required that you couldn't just sit back and not know it. A guy like me could not only just show up at the studio and understand record making. If I didn't understand more than that, it was going to be hard to have a job if I couldn't contribute to artists' careers in other ways. So... I think it's a healthy thing. I think like I think what Benji's saying is right on, which is you want to be careful that that doesn't overtake the creative side of what you do, that you keep the main thing the main thing. You're primarily, first and foremost, a songwriter. But I think things like what Seth has organized here are great because they allow you to understand the rest of it because you can't sit back and kind of hope that all that stuff just works out. The more you can do for yourself, I think the better. Thank you. Got it. Well, I got time for maybe two more questions, so fire away. All right, so kind of at the beginning of this, you guys talked about mentors who were in your guys' life who helped you get to where you are, essentially. And now you guys are kind of on the other side of it, in a sense, where now you guys are the ones who have made it, in a sense. You know, we're the ones here who kind of haven't made it, per se. So, I mean, I know me personally, like, I don't have a mentor like that in my life, someone that I can send songs to and critique them, something like that. Benji, you used a great line earlier saying that you stalked people basically but you had like the a fine line of it you like knew the limitation you you were tasteful about whatever you did but you definitely weren't afraid to step out and do what you had to do so I guess I'm asking what is your best advice basically for people like us to find someone like you guys to be a mentor what are kind of the limitations that we shouldn't step over but how hard should we push it basically what kind of things can we do I think you got to, this sounds just going to sound really heady, but like you've got to know the no. There is a no of like really stop. Because I, I always felt like with Chad, and I was always like, man, you talk about mind games. Like there were times, like there was a point where Chad had a, was dealing with a medical thing and kind of dropped off the radar. And my first thought was I sent him too much and I pushed too hard and he has just shut the door. But at the same time, like there's... There's part of you where, man, there's, I remember sitting, I remember sitting right where you are. I've sat through so many songwriting boot camps and sat there and inside me was about to come undone because I'm going, I can do that. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. You got to trust that, but you also can't let other people be the brokers of what you can and cannot do. A rock that's in front of, this is going to sound, this is a songwriter talking, but all a rock does is guide a river around it. It doesn't stop it. And so for me, I was just kind of like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And your no will just be a little rock and I'll go find, you know, I'll keep going. So it's, there's just, it's not, there's a persistence. And once I knew the no was the no, it's like, well, that's, that's okay. But I'm not going to stop. Like, 
This is what I'm supposed, like there's, there's just, all of you know there's something you where you go, I'm born to do this. And so for me, it was just that of just kind of going, I'll, I'll keep going till I find a yes. Just since I'm the other side of that, of this uh, little interaction, he was unique. You know, I can't take songs from everybody. It's just, it's just reality. I'm, none of us can. It's just, we have so much to manage just in the writers that we, and artists that we already work with. That said, we're looking, we want the next thing. We want great talent. We want great songs. We're only as good as the talent that we work with. When Benji sent that, that thing through, and so there's a couple parts to this. Okay, first part is, all of you have a way to get to us. You know, even this right here is a way to connect and to figure out what these things are. But then as far as the next step to that, getting songs to us, doing those other things, there are ways. You inevitably know somebody that has our ear, that we trust, that you can get music to, that then if they think, yeah, this is great, let me pass that along. There are ways to do that. When we get stuff, I got his stuff at the time from my CEO, he was like, hey, yeah, my, you know, I'm friends with, this is a son of a friend of mine, old friend of mine, and here's this thing, and he's at a church in Buffalo, and he's writing some worship songs. Can you just listen to this? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to listen to it. My, my boss tells me to listen to it. So I'm like, sure. But there's a whole bunch of those things, and you have a normal standard answer that you go, hey, thank you. This is great. This is not exactly what we're looking for. Here are some things. You know, you may, depending on the level, you may give some suggestions of some things to do. But there was something different about the songs that Benji was sending. They cut through the noise, and they weren't there yet, but there was something there. And so I reached out to him, which is also not something that I often have time to do. But I reached out and said, hey, there's something here. Think about this one on this song, or here were some different things. Why don't you do it? Well, then he turned around and he spent time. And a few months later, he hit me back and said, hey, I've been thinking about those things. I did this. What do you think about that? And hey, here's something new. And it wasn't a ton, but it was. And so he was intentional. He was respectful. And we started this dialogue and friendship. Funny thing is we went to school at the same time, but we didn't know each other. So we didn't get connected until, you know, more than a decade later, a decade later, I guess and he was in Buffalo. But all that said, he had the talent, he had the persistence, and he knew what to do and how to do it. And that really is the thing at the end of the day. I'll just add, because I didn't answer the question when it was asked first. And first of all, I have to say, I kind of chuckled when you just said, you know, you guys are the mentors now. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just up here talking. And I... I'm saying that from a genuine place because I have a hard time understanding how I'm filling that role. Because as Chad said earlier, I mean, we're so lucky to do what we do. I mean, none of us are here because we did this on our own. And, you know, I would just encourage you, it's about networking. I know I said that already, but it's establishing relationships my very first in to the real music industry was a country group who I loved at the time, who just so happened to be playing my dinky little 2,000-person hometown, you know, summer fair on our high school football field. And at the time, I didn't even know there was anything called the music business. I had no idea, even though I'd been playing piano for years at that point. But solely because I loved that group, and I just wanted to meet them because they seemed like great guys, I weaseled my way in with like the fair organizer so I could, you know, help backstage so I could meet the guys. And that led 
to the path that I started. I mean, it literally pulled me away from what I was already planning to do after high school and put me on this path. And I can literally trace relationships all the way back to two of the guys in that group. And all along the way, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But one of my favorite sayings that I wish I could take credit for, but I can't, is I'd like to thank everyone who ever told me no. And it's, you know, you always hear the saying, you know, well, one door closes, another door opens. Okay, yeah, great. Woohoo. <laughs> but if you really think about it, you're going to encounter those rocks or those doors that are shut. But they're there because that's clearly not the path you're supposed to be on. You know, whether you believe in some greater purpose behind that or not, there's a reason that happens. So follow that, take that as a good thing and say, okay, hey, great. So there's been a merger at a record label and I've just been ousted. Am I going to sulk about it or am I going to go, okay, what's next? Cool. It's about the relationship and knowing just like any other relationship in your life, you know, how far can I go? You know, it'd be an easy answer. Maybe by next time next year, there's a uh, full circle Tinder app for uh, mentors and mentees. Um, you know, you can filter it. You know, I'm a songwriter. I'm looking for a publisher. Um, uh, you know. Can you draw off the paperwork? I'll get right on that. But it would be nice if it were as easy as that, but it's not. And it shouldn't be because, you know what, we are all in such a great business. And it's a great business in part because it's a small family in the grand scheme of things. And you've got to work hard to get there. And if you really want it, and like Benji said, if you really believe this is where you're supposed to be, it's probably going to work out and you're going to be just fine. So let's give a hand for our amazing panelists, all your awesome questions. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. Big thanks to all of the attendees who starred in this show. We had a blast at the Music Makers Boot Camp. You're not going to want to miss the next one. You can find out more info and get signed up on the wait list. Tickets go fast for these things. You can get signed up on the wait list for the next one at fullcirclegoeslive.com. That's fullcirclegoeslive.com. This show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jericho Scroggins, Kaylee Ingram, and Asa Wiggins. Head over to iTunes, leave us a good rating and review, and we'll see you next week.